the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit is sponsored by Town Hall Review. Uh, number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss and with Mr. Smith. He's with us again, uh, our Bible scholar. He's going to be helping us with, uh, well, whatever it is on his mind theological. He has been dealing with biblical guidance, which is a fascinating subject, and so we're going to go to him right now. How are you doing, Mr. Smith? Very well, thank you, Pastor Moss, for letting me be on the air again. <laughs> Your program. Well, I'll get so we're going to deal indeed with the guidance uh, topic. We're talking about uh, things that are that constitute false guidance uh-huh. or bad sources of guidance. And this one might step on some toes, but uh, just oh. put your steel toed shoes on and uh, bear it with a grin. Oh, no. On point number 11, which is one of the ways to get false guidance using the Bible, is resolutely uh-huh. holding to a favorite set of proof texts from Scripture uh-huh. rather than adhering to the whole counsel of God. And the whole counsel of God is a reference to seeking out everything the Scriptures have to say about the subject. And I've seen this over and over again. I imagine you have, too. Where people just choose their selected verses and uh, don't don't deal with the other verses. That's right. Now... I found an interesting example. It's a long one, so I may not go through the whole thing. I'll just start it by mentioning it just now. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I placed a note in my uh, ultimate cross-reference treasury 
at Deuteronomy 4, verse 35. It's a note without any negative comment, as far as I recall. But what I place there are the oneness scriptures, that Mm. those who hold to that version of the Christian faith uh, Uh cling to, to show that we have one God in one person, they don't believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. Right. And they have a whole set of scripture references. Maybe I should click on that and let you hear a little bit of those in, in the audience and see what you think about that. Well, that's that's up to you, Mr. Smith. <laughs> well, I have it. Here it is. Uh, Deuteronomy 4.35 says, Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Uh-huh. That seems to settle it. Now here I say, oneness believers who deny the doctrine of the Trinity cite the following oneness scriptures, chain reference, containing examples of God being only one to assert God is only one in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Now, the answer to that issue I placed in my own note at Matthew twenty-eight nineteen in the New Testament and a number of other places. Okay. So now, let me see if I can find where the bracket starts, where I give their references. Well, I see the closing bracket. I guess I'll start where it says. They use Deuteronomy 6.4, which says, Uh Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then they have... Deuteronomy 32:39 See now even I am and there is no god with me I kill and I make alive I wound and I heal neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand Second uh-huh. Samuel 7:22 Wherefore thou art great O Lord God for there is none like thee neither is there any god beside thee according to all that we have heard with our ears. First Chronicles 17.20 O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Psalm 83.18 That men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the Most High over all the earth. Now, I'm going to stop and interrupt the chain reference here and just remind everybody that I think recently on the program I may have mentioned that if you read Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, and I think I asked you, Pastor Moss, to read that passage to me recently, that Uh you find that there are two Jehovahs on the scene. One is in heaven, and the other one is on earth at the same time. Uh-huh. I remember. And uh, judgment was poured out upon Sodom and Gomorrah, as I recall. Uh-huh. Yep. So uh, that would be one way to begin to answer by using more of Scripture than what this chain contains. But anyways, yeah, because really, uh, Genesis uh, 19, where you took us, right? Then the yeah. Lord reigned upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire, 
from the Lord out of heaven. Yeah, so you see, there's two of them. Uh, one's mm-hmm. in heaven and one's there on earth. And you can prove that by backing up. We won't do that now, but sometime we might have to do a special study on it and concentrate and prove it. That uh, one of the three visitors to Abraham is called Lord, which is from the Hebrew, which we translate as Jehovah. We've got some purists that want to say there was no J in Hebrew, so you shouldn't say Jehovah, you should say Yahweh. And to that, I say, go back and do your homework. Right. That's yeah. nonsense. And a very simple proof, Pastor Moss, I don't know if you ever thought of it, but think of all the names in the Old Testament that start with the letter J. You've got uh-huh. Joshua, Jehu, Jehoshaphat, and a whole bunch more, including the name Jerusalem. And so you could say, well, they all pronounced it with a Y. Well, maybe they did, but we're speaking English, not Hebrew here, so what difference does it make? Yeah, what difference does it make to us? Yeah. (laughs) So what happens is that people who deny the Trinity will go to the the verses that just uh, talk about uh, a singular, you know, saying God, as if by going to ones that just say, uh, we worship the Lord our God, that that throws the doctrine of the Trinity out. uh, how, do, how, how do we theologically define the doctrine of the uh, Trinity, Mr. Smith? Well, we have one God, but that God is in three persons, and eternally so, by the way, so that we have scriptures that show that the Father is called God. We have scriptures that show that Jesus is called God. And we have scriptures that show the Holy Spirit is called God. And so we don't have three gods. We have one God in three persons. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. They're of one substance, but three persons. I guess yeah, yeah, you're right. There's some uh, clear scriptures uh, that make it really hard to not understand that, uh, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity. Okay? Uh, uh, you know, especially one good one. Uh, to me, and there's a number of others, but uh, uh, Hebrews 1 uh, and verse uh, 6 to 8, right? And again, when he brings in the first begotten into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire, but unto the Son, he says, that throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So right here, you have God the Father uh, calling God the Son God. Am, am I correct? You are correct. Now, you will find some liberal translations and the New World translation of the Watchtower Society of the Jehovah's Witnesses translated differently. But I would dispute their translation and say they've uh, twisted the translation to support their particular viewpoint. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and, and, and that's for sure. Yeah, that that's for sure. That they they kind of doctor up, you know, the uh, New World's translation. Uh, yeah, if uh, you would read that just by itself, you would have take a little while to discover that the Holy Spirit is a person, because they uh-huh. teach that He's just God's active force. Yeah, but you know, if you go back to the very first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Book of Genesis, chapter one, I think it's verse two. 
where it talks about the Holy Spirit moved upon the waters in the King James Version. If you use the Rotherham translation on that verse where it says the Holy Spirit brooded over the waters, that word brooded is a kind of thing that only a person can do. Uh, mm-hmm. And that proves that the Holy Spirit is a person. And Mr. Right. Rotherham was exactly right in terms of that Hebrew word from all I've read about it. <laughs> uh, I want to put one on the table for you and ask you if um, uh, you think that this is a, a good verse to use in dealing with those who oppose the doctrine of the Trinity over in uh, Isaiah 48 and 15, uh, where it says, I even I have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Then verse 16, Come you near unto me, hear you this. I have not spoken in secret. From the beginning, from the time that there was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Is, is that a good one to use in the Old yeah, Testament? The very last uh, clause that you read settles it. You got uh, all three mentioned right there. Wow. Yep. And there are quite a few Old Testament passages that have that feature. And uh, I can't give them to you off the top of my head, but I do have them listed in the New Treasury and in the uh, Ultimate Cross-Reference Guide. Wow. wow. So that's what we mean, Pastor Moss, by taking the whole counsel of God by consulting all relevant verses in the Bible that touch on the subject. It's very easy to put together a string of verses that seem to favor a particular viewpoint, but you don't dare look up cross-references using the original treasury or my expanded one, the new treasury, or my greatly expanded one, the ultimate cross-reference treasury, because if you do that, you're going to find there are other verses that clarify what the true teaching of the Bible is. Yep, yep. That's correct, and you're right. What happens, though, if you are, uh, uh, you know, if you, ha- you have a tendency, if you're wedded to a particular doctrine, uh, that is a false doctrine, uh, to not want to look at the other side. You you don't want to look at the verses that may challenge what you believe. And I believe in looking at all the verses. That's how you always taught me. You had to deal with, with everything that's on the table. Um, uh, and uh, just leave it up to the Bible to show you uh, where the truth really lies. Yep, that's the only way you can get at the real truth, as far as I understand, in terms of Bible study. And I will tell you, the Jehovah's Witnesses are taught not to read any literature from any other source except their Watchtower Society in New York. And uh, there are other churches that do the same. They aren't the only ones. Uh-huh. I've, I've encountered people locally here now where I am and elsewhere where the Lutheran Church is very strict with their members, encouraging them not to engage in Bible studies with people who are not members of their church. Wow. Yeah. You're kidding. Uh, telling their members not to engage in Bible study? Or are you talking about in terms of, of uh, even discussing the Bible with yeah, people who are not? One. Yeah. Uh, my friend who's now passed away some time ago, but George Mott, he told me that that was 
that he was in the Lutheran Church, and that was their attitude. And he left the Lutheran Church and uh, affiliated himself with the Presbyterian Church near where he lived. And I had a friend down in Gainesville, Florida, that drove the truck that brought me back when I left Gainesville to return to Detroit. He was a Lutheran, and he was having a real-time and anguish of soul, even, because he was participating in the Navigators program and, in fact, was a leader in the Navigators, and that was not a Lutheran ministry. And so this is... A regular thing, and at least it has been in some cases. I don't know if all the branches of the Lutheran Church are that way, but I've encountered a number that are. Now, I'm not saying that the Lutherans aren't Christians. They are. And I'm not saying they don't believe the Bible. They do. But uh, they're very particular about keeping their congregants safe from any mistaken doctrines, and that's perhaps why they do it. Well, th- that would really upset the great uh, Martin Luther, who was a, a Bible guy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, it, 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 you know, it, it militates against what we're told to do, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so, wow, it's something. We, we can't be afraid to present the gospel and, uh, you know, defend our position biblically. That's all we have to do. A person can believe what they want, but... Uh, definitely we should be willing to discuss it. I really think so. That's the more healthy way to do it. I was assisting a teacher at a Lutheran school and shared my reading program with her because she had some students that were having very grave difficulties and were behind in reading, and thankfully it helped them. But then uh, it turned out that she was not allowed to come to my home or anything because they didn't want her engaging in any possible religious discussions with me. So I hadn't had any religious discussions with her as far as I know. I was talking about education and helping her, you know, help her students. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's another case. So it's, it's, it's not a very good thing for a church to be that way, but some are. Well, what, what happens, what's so bad about it, is it makes it, uh, a person think that we need to uh, be afraid of people who believe differently than us uh, to the point that we can't even talk to them. That, that's pretty sad, because our job Very is to sad. go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, as you, as you know. So that, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm willing to discuss spiritual things, the Bible, and so on with anybody. I've been having some interesting conversations with atheists on on the internet lately even today and uh, they come up with some interesting things maybe i better share a real interesting one with you uh they challenged me saying that they don't believe the bible because it's full of myths and they said uh mr smith do you still believe that snakes can talk do you still believe that donkeys can talk and uh, there was a third one that slipped my mind at the moment, whatever it was. Oh, can bushes talk? Because in the Bible, as they read it, that's what they saw. And they, uh-huh. they didn't believe any of that. Well, in the first place, maybe they need, you know, they're trying to challenge Christians, saying, Christians, do you really know your Bible? 
And I uh, reply, atheist, do you really know the Bible? <laughs> no, let me just defuse all three of those things. No, this might not be anything you've heard before, Pastor Moss, but I'll give you a clue on how to study it out if you want. Okay. Uh, you remember in the Garden of Eden, somebody interfered with the Garden of Eden and started talking with Eve. So there's where you think you see the talking snake. But guess what? Okay. It doesn't what? say that it was a snake that was talking. And you say, oh, Mr. Smith, I can read you the verse. Yes, I know. I could read it to you, too, if I flipped around on the computer here and lost my place. <laughs> In Genesis 3, 4, where it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what's going on there, and you won't believe me until you've had a chance to study it out. But there okay. is involved here, Pastor Moss, a figure of speech <clears throat> called hypocatastasis. Uh-huh. Now, when I introduced that figure of speech to all the teachers in the English department at uh, Denby High School, where I retired from teaching, none of them had ever heard of it before. And some of those teachers were very sharp, including the department head. Uh-huh. And uh, they they had no idea about that one. So I taught them a lesson in figures of speech. Hypocatastasis is like a third degree of comparison of emphasis. You've got metaphor, you've got simile, and then you've got hypocatastasis. And hypocatastasis is seen in such a passage as when Jesus said about Herod, he says, tell that fox. If you remember that passage? Right. Yep, and there are lots of other instances of that figure, but uh, that's just another example. And so in this case, Satan is being called a snake because of the nature of his character. And the scriptural proof that this is accurately understood is you remember that Paul, I think in 2 Corinthians someplace, I think 11th chapter maybe, I don't know, uh, he spoke of something about the angel of light. Mm -hmm. All right. Now who's this angel of light, Pastor Moss? Well, it certainly isn't in, in Paul's writing. Yeah. Angel of light. Well, someone masquerading as an angel, that's, that's the devil. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. must give Pastor Moss an A-plus today. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one you, you'll, you'll ever give me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can give you good marks now. You've certainly been a marvelous student. Now... And, and what you've said, uh, it, uh, it has a lot of merit to it, because that's exactly what we see in Corinthians. Uh, but, but, but also something uh, uh, does come to mind, uh, and, and, and that is when we uh, 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 look at this, um, uh, parakeets, okay? Uh, parrots talk. They're mimicking what human beings say, but, but yep. they, do, uh, they do speak uh, English. Okay? Now that, yeah, well, that's whatever a, language they've heard... <laughs> Yeah, whatever language they heard, they speak it, okay? So yeah. I've always used that, even though uh, what you say holds a merit, definitely, especially with Corinthians thrown in. But um, uh, so to me, uh, no big deal if, in fact, uh, if a parrot can uh, mimic words and say something. Maybe that's how uh, uh, the serpent was used in this case. But uh, but, uh, but but one thing for sure, uh, 
none of that takes anything away from the truth of the Bible. That's right. And now about that bush talking, if you look over in Mark twelve twenty four, in perhaps the pre- immediately preceding context, you remember that talks about Moses heard God speaking out of the bush. It wasn't the bush that was talking. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as for the donkey situation, there's a case where certainly the donkey spoke, and I think God, by miracle, gave that donkey the ability to warn the prophet that he's gone too far in the wrong direction. That's right. And uh, so using those three examples, I think I defused their uh, objections to what the Bible had to say about these things. But then guess what they did? They <laughs> that I, ref- I referred them to as proof that my discussion about hypocatastasis was correct. And they said, will you please use sources that are peer-reviewed and uh, not written to support your uh, religious viewpoint or something to that uh, <laughs> Well, I told him, I do not believe in peer-reviewed journal articles at all in these days, because The Lancet just recently, this past year, beginning of the year, I think, came with, out with a, with a so-called scientifically peer-reviewed article, research study, that had something to do with this COVID-19, and it turned out that the whole thing was faked, it was false. And they had to retract the article, perhaps the first time that major, important, highly dignified and, and significant scientific journal ever had to do so. <laughs> and so I told the atheist, I didn't mention that, but I said, I don't believe in peer-reviewed journal, uh, review because the, they exclude some peers that might have a, a better judgment and understanding of the subject from Right. They, they exclude the public the peer reviews. They choose the peers that are doing all the reviewing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but to me, the simple thing is, you know, everything's got to be based on evidence. Evidence is the key, regardless of the source. Uh, if you're looking for evidence, and I'm sure you agree, uh, if you find evidence, you follow it. It's not whether it's peer-reviewed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what Josh McDowell, the title of his book, uh, one of them, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Yep. So you got to look at all of it, all the evidence. So, wow, it's, it's amazing for uh, uh, Christians to be afraid to share their views with others who differ from them. In fact, one way to make sure you don't find out the truth is not to examine, prove all things, hold fast to that which is true. So, wow. Yep, that's right. And the clock says that our time is up. That quick, it, it sounds like we just got on here. Um, yeah, we, I didn't even get started on the topic today, and I was worried sick that well, I didn't have enough prepared to cover the ground. But <laughs> Well, one thing good about you, you, you is you can be as humble as you want, but you're always prepared. I've never, I've never encountered not being prepared. So we've got to have to let you go, but we'll be ready for you next Thursday. God bless you. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Thank you, Pastor Moss, and I hope the audience won't be too upset with what I presented. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back.
Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Chris McCourtney of Salem Media Detroit here with a question for you. What do you stand for in your career? Roy Spence Jr. in his book, It's Not What You Sell, It's What You Stand For, says this. The power of purpose is not a marketing idea or a sales idea. It's a company idea. Purpose drives an entire organization and it answers why the company exists. So what's your purpose? Salem Media Group's purpose is bold. Change the culture and challenge the church to be all she can be. How's that for bold? We're looking to add to our selling team with pros who share that vision and want to grow with Salem Surround, The Patriot, and Fake Talk Detroit. If you share that vision of purpose and want to know more, call me at 248-581-1222. That's 248-581-1222, and let's talk it up. We offer great salary, competitive benefits, and purpose for your hard work. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. A Limited Grace with Brian Chapel blesses our airwaves every weekday with scripture and real-world problems. Here at Faith Talk, our desire is for you to grow in the grace of God. Keep up to date with Pastor Brian Chapel and his ministry Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. or online at faithtalkdetroit.com. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chapel, weekdays at 3, right here on Faith Talk Detroit and faithtalkdetroit.com. FM 92.7, AM 1500, the mobile app, or on the web. We're all the same great Faith Talk Detroit. FM 92.7 and AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit, life-changing talk radio. In Odyssey Station. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. I had a very interesting program, well, today, with uh, Mr. Smith, uh, but also the other day, the gentleman who called about the sin unto death. And I gave him a few scriptures, wanted to elaborate on that, uh, because that's a, a very uh, uh, important concept here in the Bible. Uh, and it's fascinating in terms of um, what uh, this particular, uh, uh, what this subject means, uh, based on what we saw in First John chapter 5 and at verse 16, where we have John writing, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them. That's sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. And I do not say that he shall pray for it, okay? So here, 
is uh, something that there is a such thing as a sin unto death. Notice it says if any man see his brother. So this is indicating that this could even be a Christian person. Yes, okay. Uh, uh, and he says that uh, the sin unto death, that uh, if, it's going to, if death is going to take place, then it's one that you don't even pray concerning. Now, that's awesome. That's why a lot of people have asked about this. Uh, where do we see a, a correlation with this and anything else? Well, uh, Moses, okay? Moses sinned a sin unto death. We pointed that out over in Deuteronomy chapter 3, that he sinned a sin unto death, uh, where... He, well, he, had, he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, like God had asked him to do. And so, therefore, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 25, okay, where God told him it very well before we uh, go, go there, uh, at verse 23, uh, uh, Moses asked the Lord, and I besought the Lord at that time, saying, he's telling the people, uh, that he wanted to go to the promised land. He, he messed up, but he's, he besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness, thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, uh, let it suffice thee. Speak no more unto this, unto this matter. Get thee up unto the top of Kisketh, and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward, and behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. That, that's what he told him. That's what he told him. But charge Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Okay? So in other words, Moses didn't go over. In fact, he, uh, he died. He, he died. He saw it. God allowed him to see the promised land, but not to go over to the promised land because he was disobedient uh, to God. And let me just say, Moses was very close to God, and I guess God had to make an example out of uh, him uh, to, to show that, you know, hey, okay, um, there's things that you just, there's lines you just can't cross, okay? Uh, so he died because of his sin, okay? He died because of his sin, not pleasing God, okay? Notice over in Deuteronomy chapter 32, all right, verse 48, Deuteronomy 32 and 48, where it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses the selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into this mountain, uh, Abraham, unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho, and behold, the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession. Then, verse 50, and die. That's what, can you imagine? God telling a person here, he's telling Moses, and die in the mount, whether thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people. Because you transgressed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribeth, Kedesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. Okay? God had told him to uh, speak to the rock. Moses, uh, angry no doubt, not at God, but at the people, struck it instead, not doing what God told him to do. And because of that, he died okay? and was able to look 
in at the promised land, but not to go over into the promised land. Wow. Okay. Now, did he go to hell? Absolutely not. No, Moses went to heaven. We saw that in the Mount of Transfiguration. That's where he went. He went to heaven. So it was a sin that led unto his natural death, but not his spiritual death at all. Okay? Uh, but we see that this kind of thing can occur. Okay? Now, some of you are saying, well, that's the Old Testament. <laughs> you should hear me clearing my throat. Uh, it doesn't just happen in the Old Testament. We have the same kind of wording in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and as you know, that's the New Testament. Turn to 1 Corinthians, 11th chapter, okay? And here's the 11th chapter in the 20, uh, uh, the 26th verse. Okay, here's a warning that the church has, okay? The church has this warning, where it says, 1 Corinthians 11:26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Don't fool around and play around with communion. Very, very important sacrament. It says here, First uh, Corinthians uh, 11 and 28, But let a man, goes for women too, examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Okay? That's what it says. Okay? Then it says this. What is the penalty? Verse 30, or what could the penalty be? Okay? First Corinthians 11 and 30. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, okay? for not holding uh, the, the body and blood of our Lord precious in the communion service. For if you would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now notice verse 30. Don't let me pass by that one too quickly. Where it says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 30, For this cause many are weak and sickly okay, okay, among you and many sleep. Now notice, sleep here doesn't mean just going to sleep. That is the Christian word uh, for death. Because if you die in the Lord... You're only sleeping because you're going to be resurrected. Your body will be resurrected okay, to be reunited with your soul and spirit, which immediately go to heaven when you die. Okay? Uh, and so that's why it's called sleep. Uh, and I don't mind sleeping in this sense, but if you want to, don't want to sleep uh, too early, make sure you don't do a sin that causes it to be a sin unto death. That First John chapter 5, verse 16 uh, he says you can't even pray for it, okay? And you say, well, how do you? How would you know about this? God would have to be the one to reveal it to you. But there is a uh, sin unto death. That definitely uh, we need to understand that uh, Christians even, okay, uh, can uh, uh, you know get into a place where they do a sin that God will take will take them out, but then take them home. Okay, we see that happening with Moses. And it can happen with others. That's why we look to 1 Corinthians as well, chapter 11. Okay? Uh, now, the other example to think about is over in Acts. And some of you may know this, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 talks about the same thing. And we might be able to uh, finish all of it. We might not, but let's get started. In Acts 5, 
where it says in verse 1, where a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it. Okay? And this is the money that they were supposed to be giving for the church, for ministry. Okay? And they bought a certain part and laid it, they bought a certain part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart? Okay? God showed Peter what was going on. Okay? But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie, uh, to, lie uh, to the Holy Ghost? Now notice this. He lied to the, he said he was going to give a certain amount and didn't. He lied. Okay? And lied to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land. While it remains, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all of them that heard these things. And the young men rose, bound him up, carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the same space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, to her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee about. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. The young men came, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her with her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Okay? So there, here we have a case where in the church, because they lied about giving, okay, they were punished and punished with death. Now, did they go to heaven or did they go to hell? They could have been false believers. We don't know. We don't know in this case. But we do see an example of the sin unto death. Moses, okay, he died because he sinned. In his case, he went to heaven. Okay? We see him on the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament with Jesus Christ. But there is a, the sin unto death. Okay? Uh, I guess the best way to stay away from it is just to stay away from um, all sinning. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, and how fast does our time fly? It flies by, but any time we have together, talking about the Bible, talking about the Word of God, apologetics, hermeneutics, it's always a good time. And if you have donations... Uh, that you can give to keep supporting this program. We haven't heard from many of you in our P.O. box, and we need to if we're going to stay on the air. We need you to send donations to P.O. box 05877, P.O. box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Okay? Once again, P.O. box 05877, P.O. box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205, okay, and make out those checks to Bible, Boot Camp Ministries, and we would appreciate it very, very much. 
All right. And we uh, looked at, um, uh, talked to Mr. Smith, uh, just great talking to him, and we examined uh, this question because I remember last time uh, I answered it uh, the other day, but there were uh, more complete answers to it. Hopefully the uh, brother who called in the question uh, received the scriptures that we uh, talked about today as well, dealing with this whole, uh, this whole concept of sin unto death. It's real. Okay? It can happen. In other words, God can uh, take away a Christian's life okay, because of a sin, okay, but yet they wind up in heaven. Because, you know, it's a sin unto death, but not a sin unto eternal damnation. Okay? Um, and so uh, that can happen. It definitely can. And I will give you one more example of this next time. Okay? Not tonight, but next time. And I'll take you where you see this, this, uh, this happen again, and it can happen. Yeah, right. But thank God that he's a merciful God. Okay? So... Uh, Christians, our names are already written in heaven. We can be happy about, well, time to go. Great being with you. Make sure you support us so we can keep being with you. This is Pastor Moss, and God bless you. We'll see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministry. In Detroit, nearly 2,000 children are impacted by homelessness. Thank you for your partnership that provides support to many of these children and their families, especially amid COVID-19. Friends like you provide shelter, housing, and support that keep families stable. You are the heart of every act of service shown to those who come through our doors. Let's continue to bring hope, help, and housing to families. Visit CotsDetroit.org to make a gift today, and together we'll create opportunities to succeed. This is Daryl Wood. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it has literally changed the way I sleep. The pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen premium my pillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen size premium. Go to mypillow.com and click on on the radio listeners square and use the promo code run to win you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the giza dreams bed sheets my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets or call 800-919-5912 800-919-5912 800 and use the promo code run to win at checkout for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is my tony pillow. really struggled in his marriage he and his wife seemed incompatible and headed toward divorce. Folks on the family, many, many times, this is very encouraging, very encouraging for us to stick together, to pull through, to work it out, to um, go the distance. I'm Jim Daly. This season, help us give families hope. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. 
Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science, too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. WLQB-FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. It's time to get back into church this Sunday. Indianapolis is the heart of college basketball, and every March, it's the home of the Horizon League Men's and Women's Basketball Championships. Four men's teams and four women's teams look to reach the horizon and punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Semifinal action takes place Monday, March the 7th, and Horizon League champions are crowned on Tuesday, March the 8th. Visit horizonleague.com slash indie for more information and to score your tickets today. Once again, that's horizonleague.com slash indie. Detroit Mercy comes out with it. It's Antoine. Three ball from the top. Yes, sir. Detroit Mercy basketball on Fate Talk Detroit is on the air. Tarkus Ferguson to inbound for UIC. Baseball pass the length of the floor. It is taken away by Detroit Mercy and Antoine Davis. Titans win. Welcome to the Titans tip-off pregame show. A breakdown of Titans basketball and their opponent, plus a look around the Horizon League. Let's go live with the voice of Detroit Mercy basketball, Dan Hasty. Center at Kent State University. Hello, everybody, and good evening to you. It's another edition of Detroit Mercy Basketball. Today, Detroit Mercy looks for a non-conference win. They're running out of opportunities. It's also the end of a nine-game road trip as Detroit Mercy takes on the golden flashes of Kent State. Dan Hasty, pleasure to have you along with us. Well, it's good to say the Titans are finding themselves coming off of back-to-back victories. Not only did they beat IUPUI last Thursday by a final score of 69 to 45 but they took down UIC in the Windy City 64 to 56 been a long time since Detroit Mercy had gotten a win at UIC but in this game it was a big deficit early Titans were down like they have been in so many games down 33 to 21 early in the first half they rallied from that deficit and ended up scoring 43 of the final say some odd 70 points of that contest 43 to 23 to be exact in the last 18 minutes of that game second straight win for the titans second straight in horizon league play now this is a mid-american conference opponent in kent state so it's a non-conference game for the titans here tonight of course they started their season with six straight non-conference games they lost all six of them but they are really goal-oriented in the sense of they want to make sure they win their games in conference play well so far checked that box. So now the Titans are trying to get themselves a non-conference victory here on the road here on Thursday night. Meanwhile, the UIC game saw Madut Akech go for 18 points, 8 rebounds, went for 6 of 11 from the field, 16 second half points. Antoine Davis in that game, a historic finish as he ended up hitting a couple of threes in that one, including 
the second three of the game that helped him pass, Rashawn Phillips, for not only the Detroit Mercy record, but the Horizon League record for most three-pointers made in a career for Antoine Davis. Congratulations. He ended up with 19 points, 5 assists, 5 of 15 from the field, and now Detroit Mercy gets a shot at Kent State. This is a team with one of the best newcomers in the MAC this year in junior sincere. Carey, MAC Newcomer of the Year, according to Blue Ribbon out of Duquesne. They were picked to finish fifth in the MAC by that publication. They went 15 and 8 last year and 12 and 6 in conference play last year. This is Titans pregame. Coming up next, we're going to take a look and see what else is going on around the Horizon League. Let you know about what the weekend looks like. Because as we played a weekend full of Horizon League play last weekend, this weekend things look a little bit different. So we'll break everything down, games that have gone into the books and some that are coming up here this weekend. It all helps us get ready for the Titans and the Golden Flashes of Kent State right here on Titans Radio. Detroit Mercy itself definitely values who you are as a person to really give me guidance on what it was to be a college student. The ability to connect with many people from different backgrounds. Not only did I take what I learned in the academic world, but I was able to apply that in a professional setting. And the university definitely provided those resources, and I was able to graduate and be the first one of my family to graduate from college. Detroit Mercy. Build a boundary. Here I am one year from college and I tear my ACL. They're telling me I'm not going to be able to play college football, and I'm thinking, that sucks. Team Rehab comes along and says, hey, let's get to work. They don't rely on routine programs. It was all about me and my dream to play again. Now I'm visiting Ivy League schools, and oh yeah, I'll be playing. I could have given up. I'm glad I went to Team Rehab because they did it. Team works. Team Rehabilitation. Visit team-rehab.com. Titans Radio getting ready for Detroit Mercy and Kent State here on this Thursday night. Nice to finally be at the end of this nine-game road trip. Detroit Mercy started out this season with their first nine tilts of the season away from Callahan home. And the best thing you can do after a long road trip is come home for a long time. And the best thing is it's going to be over the holiday stretch. Between the next game for Detroit Mercy, that'll be on Saturday, the 11th against Western Michigan. First game at Callahan Hall this season. The last time we have seen the Titans back at Callahan since Antoine Davis put up a Horizon League record 46 points and a win over Robert Morris. It'll be Western Michigan, the Broncos, taking on Detroit Mercy 1 o'clock on Saturday. Saturday, that Western Michigan team, they're an interesting bunch. Last time these two teams played was last year. Detroit Mercy won that game, 67-57, but the Broncos really struggled. They went 5-16 and last year. Meanwhile, they're already 3-5 and to start in this season. So, certainly better early returns. A couple of Grand Rapids natives lead the way for Western Michigan. Lamar Norman, who transferred from Duquesne, as well as Marquise Hastings, who came in from Butler, and they have been a formidable one-two punch. They actually played high school ball together, and now they're playing together for Western Michigan. Tickets available at DetroitTitans.com. As for the
the scores from some of the other happenings around the Horizon League. This is the only game that Horizon League team is playing here tonight. It is, of course, a non-conference game. Everybody else in the conference back to their non-conference proceedings. Youngstown State, they beat Central Michigan last night. Actually, one of four different games in the conference. Youngstown State beat Central Michigan 84-77. to Tevin Olison scored 21 points for Youngstown State. They're now 5-3, and three, so don't sleep on Youngstown State. The Penguins off to a good start as they defeat Central Michigan, who's now 1-8. and eight. We'll see them at Callahan Hall coming up not this Sunday, but the Sunday thereafter. Meanwhile, Robert Morris got their first win of the year. They topped Lancaster Bible College by the score of 99-51. Khalil Spear, 17 points and 10 rebounds. Northern Kentucky a winner. They beat Kansas 75-62. That was a final score. Marquez Warwick had a career-high 30 points in that victory. He was always showing us how dangerous. He was in the Horizon League last year. Northern Kentucky, probably pretty excited to get him back for another season. SIU Edwardsville, they topped Purdue-Fort Wayne 80-59. to Rayshon Taylor with 25 points for SIU Edwardsville. He also chipped in with eight rebounds and six assists. Deontay Phillips went for 18 points in a losing cause for Purdue-Fort Wayne. We told you this is the only game going on in the conference or at least from a Horizon League team here tonight. There's a lot lot of games on the schedule coming up tomorrow and into Saturday. IUPUI is on the road. They battle Tennessee State. Green Bay visits Kansas City and Milwaukee, who had a phenomenal start to their conference play. They won one, lost one, but the second game, they finally got Patrick Baldwin Jr., one of the best recruits to ever come into the Horizon League, and he was phenomenal for Milwaukee. Good to get him back from an injury. I think Milwaukee's going to have a lot to say about the Horizon League here this season, but Milwaukee, they're headed out to battle Colorado coming up in that one. By the way, Patrick Baldwin Jr. in that game, 26 points for Patrick Baldwin Jr. He's averaging 18 points and 8 rebounds per game already. So that's a look at what's going on on Friday. And then as of Saturday, we told you Western Michigan visits Callahan Hall to take on the Titans. Other games, UIC visits Central Michigan. Southeast Missouri State's at Purdue Fort Wayne. Kansas and Youngstown State will battle it out. And then Florida Gulf Coast, the old school of Titans assistant Donnie Marsh, will visit Robert Morris. So there's a look at everything going on around the Horizon League for the next couple of days. We're just moments away from tip-off here at Kent State. So Golden Flashes and Detroit Mercy will We'll get you a look at the starting lineups as well as the tip-off when we come back here on Titans Radio. At Henry Ford Health System, we're all for you. But what does that mean as we lead our community through crisis? It means we're all for revitalizing Michigan through the health of its people. All for preventing illness as aggressively as we treat it. And all for getting back to the innovative care we're known for safely and smartly. See all we're doing to keep our facilities clean and safe for you at henryford.com slash all for safety. This is the new FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit, WLQV Detroit from the Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.